For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Let's go to the Holland and welcome back to the show. He's got a graphic novel of his book, Ghetto Clown Out. This is John Leguizamo. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's up? How you doing, Mike? Uh, uh, great, great to have you on. Let, John, let me ask you. I, I grew up in Staten Island. Oh, how, how do you how do you in Queens go, get I into that Staten Island accent? <laughs> yeah, it could, you know what, though? Isn't it like once hey, you talk? I want to ask you a question. I want to talk <laughs> to you, John. If you're here from Staten Island here. <laughs> once you hear somebody else, it comes out. Like right. it, it sneaks out every once in a while. Uh, how do you get into comedy? What do you it, it, I mean, cause it seemed to me like your your life was a little bit rougher than mine. And, uh, like, I would imagine as soon as you're like, I want to do comedy, I want to be on Broadway, everybody's like, oh, faggot. Right, right, right. Of course, of course, man. That's why I, I did it on the DL, because I was trying to be, you know, cool and get all the girls at, at Murray Bertram High. Uh-huh. And uh, so nobody knew I was taking acting classes. I was doing that in, a pro- in professional schools at 17. What do your What do your parents say? They were cool? No, of course not. My dad like, we didn't come to the country for you to be worse than us, carajo. <laughs> so, you know, so, we immigrated here to be better, and you're going to be throwing your life away as an actor? And I was like, yeah, dad, those are my dreams. Don't step on them. And he, like, stomped on them. <laughs> did, did you know you're, did because you can tell, like, I can tell that my kids got a little bit of personality. You can tell when there's a funnier kid. Did you know, did they even know that you had any sort of talent? Well, I, I was... I mean, you know, I back then they, they, you know, I had ADHD, but they didn't diagnose it back then. My mother was like, "He's just very hyper," <laughs> you know. So I was just a hyper kid, but you know, basically I couldn't focus or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I was always cracking people up in school. Teachers thought I was really funny. Kids, you know, it, at my school, it was really competitive for for class clowns. So there was a lunchroom table that you could only sit at if you were really freaking funny that week. Uh... And I've made it finally in my junior year. It's like the uh, it's like the table at the comedy cellar. Only the funny comedians get to right. sit at the table. Right, right, right. We had the same thing because you know, Damon Wayans was at my school. Q Tip. Well, he wasn't funny, but <laughs> but he could rap. So he, if he could spit rhymes, you could sit at the table. Yeah, if you had some sort of talent, you could be among the uh, among the cool kids. Among the elite. Yeah. Uh, now you are you. I saw that Spike Lee wrote uh, a, a bit about your book. Are you guys buddies? Yeah, yeah, you know, ever since uh, he directed Freak, right, we became tight. And then I did. The, he asked me to be in Summer of Sam with Adrian Brody and Mira Sorvino. And, I love uh, that movie. Tight. I thought I thought it's Summer true, of man. Sam was a great movie. Now I, I'm I'm 44, I'm so related, but great. Do you do you it, I, I do you, I mean I remember when it was going on. My parents didn't want to tell me what was happening when it was in the news every day that this guy was killing people. And uh, and then you kind of learn about it when you get older. And then to see that adaptation of the movie with the whole Adrian Brody character and with you freaking out and uh, with Mira Sorvino, I thought that was a great. It was a, it was great to see it through different people's eyes. Right, right, because it was what was happening to a little community when something like that's kind of like you know like the ISIS thing in a way because he he made the whole city shut down because. You didn't know when he was going to strike and 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 kill somebody, and he was and the people were trying to figure out why he was killing brown-haired chicks while they were making out. Yeah. Some 
kind of a moral statement. But I remember, man, I was like, I was a real little kid, but, you know, the hormones, I guess, were kicking inside of me or something. That was like 11, and I would bike to Lover's Lane in Astoria, and, you know, I used to watch the cows, the cars steam up and bounce up and down and stuff. <laughs> but once he started killing people, it, it, there was no Lover's Lane, man. There was nobody there. It was like a ghost town. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be... It was being so scary, yeah. Nobody wanted to be caught in the car, Megan. Uh, this is John Leguizamo, who is joining us on the show. John's been in some uh, great movies. He, of course, if you have kids, has taken some of your money with uh, Ice Age. Uh, we have made... <laughs> giving you a chance to get conjugals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and and has gone on. I don't. When you did, did you do stand up through the club route? Because when I think of you, I think of like one man show, one man show yeah. kind of comedy. Like you seem to have, yeah. you were able to skip that whole kind of like Whoopi Goldberg, skip that whole comedy club route. I didn't skip it. I didn't skip it, but it was not my thing, man. You know, I I did the improv clubs. I did all the improv Olympics. I did this, you know, but I didn't do stand up stand up. I did more sketch comedy. And then I had this girlfriend at the time, and she and I would write all these sketches and do them. You know, we opened up for Rodney Dangerfield, and we would we would do that route. But it was still not my thing, man. Not till I went downtown in the '80s to performance art spaces where Steve Buscemi was performing, Eric Bogosian, Spalding Gray. I don't know if you know who these cats. Sure, are. I have, like, Spalding Gray. It died, right? Didn't he kill himself? Yeah, yeah, man. Spalding that, Gray. That was but, before. Uh, Good. Yeah, that's the thing about all you super talented people. You always have that dark side too. Uh, it, it's a, it's a. It seems like the more intelligent a comedian is, there's some. Spalding Gray had really bad depression. Right. Steve Buscemi's just a complete weirdo, but yet a genius <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you gotta have a crazy need to express yourself, and it always comes from some some dark side of your uh, of your personality. Absolutely. I mean, you always just. Got to go to therapy before you you, you do yourself in or something. How much therapy did you did, did you have to do? Did, were you going like on a weekly basis? My whole life, man. Really? My whole life since I was. They wouldn't let me back in school unless I went to see a therapist in high school. I went for four years in high school. When what do they say was your biggest was your biggest problem? Well, I just was. They they thought I had incredible potential, but I was incredibly disruptive. Like I was out of control, man. I would lock teachers out of the room. I would. <laughs> I would, you know, do the toilet paper with the paper clip on on teachers, you know, with put a tail on their butt. Yeah, and, uh, you know what's so weird is you have kids, right? Yeah. Okay, so I have I have a nine year old now, and he's going like through the same thing, and I look at him and I and I have fear. But meanwhile, I did the same thing, and I turned out just fine. Look at you, you're you're super successful. We should start uh, finding. We that should be a sign of a kid that instead of thinking the kid's going to be trouble, to think that he has potential to do something great. Right. Right. I mean. Yo, I, I I put my parents to the ringer, man. I mean, I was not an easy kid. I was I was that problem child. I I don't know. I feel sorry for my parents. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't handle me. You look back on it now, but when you go through therapy, do they do they tie it back to something? Do they say, hey, this is why you're? Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. They help you break it all down and and try to understand why you're self sabotaging and, and self destructive, and then you, you figure it out. And that's how I started going to acting schools and all that stuff because I was able to figure out what what I needed. And what I, what I had to do. When when you have a, a Latino actors now who just kind of live off of that stereotype that the George Lopez kind of showed, does that annoy you, or you feel that that's an advancement for Hispanic people? No, he's trying to do his thing. You know, you know, white people have the same thing. You have a lot of comics and and, and actors who are you know 
not the top, you know, not doing the best work, but, but they're still making a living. You got a lot of corny white actors for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> but it's There's one thing when you abundance of corny white actors out there or, or hack. But it's one thing when you watch King of Queens and they're giving you an average white family from from Queens, and then there's, uh, hey, mijo, and it's like she's overacting the uh, the Hispanic thing. They, I don't know. I just figured as a as a Hispanic guy that might annoy me after a while. No, man, I'm not. I'm not hating on anybody's success. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't. Uh, one of the, I, I don't know how much uh, in, you go in depth about other people in this book. One of the great things about John Leguizamo is he is not afraid to tell stories about other celebrities and talk about it. I know uh, in your past book you you were critical of having to work with Steven Seagal because it's no surprise that guy's got a huge ego. Um, uh, well, not that he has a huge ego. He's a dick. There's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you somebody with a huge ego but not an a-hole, man. Not yeah. like that. Not like, you know, he's, he, he's known to have punched, like, stunt guys, punched them out. I mean, because they work for him, and they don't want to be fired, and he'll just cold cock them because they got to take it. Right. And then he did the same thing to me, man. I was supposed to be his right-hand man in, in uh, that movie, um, Executive Decision, and, and we all get together and for the director and the actors, and we're all standing around, and, you know, everybody's trying to be friendly and whatnot. And he comes in, and he goes, I'm in command. <laughs> Anybody disagree with me? And I started cracking up. <laughs> goofing, right? And he, and he sucker punched me in the chest, man, in, in the solar plexus, and threw me against the wall, knocked the air out of me, and I, 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 I couldn't do anything, man. He caught me off guard, and I was, I, you know, I, I fell down the, on the floor, and nothing. Oh, he didn't, he didn't. For a quick second, of you against the wall, and you're like, I'm getting my ass kicked by Steven Seagal. <laughs> Right, for a minute, I'm like, oh, damn, is this good or bad? Am <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I going to get a bigger part out of this, or, or is my day done? And is that how he was with everybody? He can hit. Uh, yeah, I bet, I man. Everybody. Oh. Everybody. So, so what did you do? How did no it end up? No reason whatsoever. No, well, maybe I There's a reason. It's because he's in command. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's so powerful. Uh, what about <laughs> Kurt Russell? You said Kurt Russell kept calling you a faggot? No, no, no. Kurt Russell wasn't like that. He's not homophobic. I don't know. I, he, he didn't. He, yeah, what? I was reading through the notes, and it was saying the three the three celebrities that he brought up were Kurt Russell, um, Leonardo DiCaprio. That's not a ghetto clown. That's not. Well, you said somebody didn't do your research correct because I don't talk about Kurt Russell in the in ghetto clown. The Rob, jerk Boo. off. Boo, you're fired. Terrible. Up. What about Leo? You hang Give out. Give me the number. I'm gonna I'm gonna chew him out. Give me the number so I can call that. <laughs> that lazy not homework doing uh leonardo Di- dicaprio the godfather of prostitutes he's not he's not in ghetto clown the graphic novel either oh my god all right who who is in ghetto clown the graphic novel who uh, yeah, that's a better tech yeah let me do the work for myself let me interview myself <laughs> yeah. you know it's so it's funny what they do is they send you they, they they send you like a little outline then they don't actually send you the book so you don't even have to kind of go through it i have to pull stuff off the internet so um. By the way, you know that, that's that's from my body autobiography, pimps, hoes, and player haters, my, all, and all my Hollywood friends. That's that that was like the tell-all graphic novel. I mean, a uh, regular uh, bio, but this graphic novel is a much more beautiful work of art. I got yeah. Well, what a great idea to do a graphic novel for it to tell a story. Yeah, it's the first uh, graphic memoir ever. Yeah, and uh, maybe the last. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's perfect for somebody. I think this is great. I think people that are fans of yours. We'll appreciate that. Uh, it is called Ghetto Clown. 
Talk, talk to me about uh, Saturday Night Live. You boycotted the Saturday Night Live when Trump was on because of what? His immigration stance? Well, not not his immigration stance. I mean, I'm, I'm all for the First Amendment, but when he starts saying the racist, hate-mongering things that he says... Like what? And it, it caused... Like what? You 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 know? I'm not going to repeat what he said. It was it was horrible things against against Mexican people. You know, saying that immigrants, you know, are, are are murderers, killers. They're all they're all. First of all, the word they're all. And and first of all, he's so wrong on every aspect of it. There's zero immigration right now because as many Mexicans come in, as many Mexicans leave. So it's zero right now. And and immigrants pay all our taxes, and they don't get any of the services. You're saying that as, as many Mexicans that come in, uh, there is as many leaving. Where are they going? Back to Mexico? Yeah. Why? Why? Zero. I mean, he's got to do research. Just look up facts. Look up information before you talk. And besides, he caused a lot of people to get hurt because people started feeling like what he said was okay. To let's let's beat up uh, that Mexican guy. Let's beat up that Latin guy. And he said, I can't help it if my followers are very passionate. BS, man. That's just hate mongering and dividing our country. And and first of all, it's full of misnomers. And besides, he loves immigrants. His wife is a goddamn immigrant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but I I think, and I don't want to make it like I'm a, a Trump defender by any means. But I I think what he was like it. I'm no, scared. I no no no. I, I I think what I think. I, I, I somebody here's a Trump lover. <laughs> no, well, I think what he was saying, and I may be wrong. I Staten Island. That's why you left New York. Too many immigrants. I don't think that was the case. Uh, I think what he was saying was that uh, that not necessarily the best people like Mexico, like that's Cuba. Not what he said that's a very different. That's a very different statement. He didn't. You know, he didn't. Say well, he like doesn't that, say it like that. He's a little bit don't more flamboyant. Bro, be straight up. Don't <laughs> he don't it. like Mexicans, Trump. I'll be straight up with you. He does not like Mexican. No, he's not. He's the friendly. He, he's here in New York. Every, he's New York is fifty percent Latin. And we're like Dominican, Colombian, Puerto Rican, uh, Mexican, and we're all here. He's 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 friendly to all of us. He's always super friendly to me. Yeah, I, I will stop being friendly back from now on. You will. So if you if meet, you if you like come that. face to face with Donald Trump, John Leguizamo, and he says, "Ah, John," and he goes to shake your hand, you will not shake his hand. What will you say no, to him? I will not. And, and I will you, say nothing. I'll just walk away and give him my back. Wow, that's ballsy. A lot of people say they'll do that, and then I'm they not going to Trump Tower anymore. I'm not. Dude, you don't say things like that and put stuff out in the air like that and not take responsibility. You got to deal with the consequences. Other people who work in his industries don't have a choice because their livelihood depends on it, but not mine. Not mine. I make my own. That's what I was going to say. The problem with Trump is that I would say 90% of the Mexicans that he encounters on a daily basis are ones that work for him in that capacity, and that's why he has a low right. view of them. I, I don't think that that's right, but I think that that's probably what his life is like. Who will you be voting for? Uh, somewhere in your statement. <laughs> There's a lot of strange stuff in your statement that I'm not going to call you on. But uh, first of all, because you encounter Mexican people. I encounter Mexican people all, all the time, and especially the incredible directors who are immigrants, who did Birdman in Yaratu, and and Alfonso Cuaron, who did Gravity, and uh, Guillermo del Toro, and there's super intellectual Latin immigrants, Mexican immigrants, doctors, lawyers, scientists. That's BS, man. I mean, oh, of course, I'm not. Believe me, I'm not justifying, and I'm saying that uh, I think in Trump's mind, he believes he's above those people because of his interactions. I don't think it's right. I'm just well, trying. He's to- a misogynist. He's, he's a misogynist. He, I mean, the way things is about women. I mean, he's just a ridiculous clown. Yeah. <laughs> who he, who do <laughs> you no, like? He has no plans. He has no. He has no. Obviously, you can tell what side I'm on. I'm, 
I'm for the side that that takes care of American American people and and hardworking people. But I know, I, but I always say that too. I mean, I try to figure out who's who that side is, and none of it ever seems to work out. I voted for Obama twice, but I I don't know if I necessarily made the right choice because I don't. I, I think don't. You made the best choice ever. At this the time, I was in the toilet. It was in the toilet. We were going to hit a depression. Yeah. We were all losing the jobs. I lost half my income in the stock market. Everything was crashing, man. And he pulled and saved this country, took it out of the hole. It was incredible. I've never seen anybody be able to, I didn't really believe what his tactics were right at the time. But then I realized, wow, it really actually saved us from a, 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 the worst depression the country that has ever had in the history. Could you vote for Hillary Clinton now? Yeah, I did a fundraiser for her. She has real plans, has real real solutions I, I don't know i was incredibly impressed about her uh, about her, all her uh fiscal tactics her, her way she's going to go after wall street uh you know a, a, all her plans were sound and solid and you're and you're not anyway, bothering me to talk politics let me talk, <laughs> talk about my what are you doing to me i man? don't know i like you know why that you just you're a good talker i like to talk to you about anything uh this is john Leguizamo. he's got his new book the book is called Ghetto Clown. <laughs> it is not just a book. It's a graphic novel. It's the first time it's ever been displayed uh, in this. It's like he said, it becomes a work of art. If you're a fan of his and you enjoy the way he speaks and the way he writes, you'll you'll totally dig this. And uh, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, I love your I love your honesty. You are one of those guests that's very rare where you get to. I, I love you too, man. Because you call you, you you go you go for it. You go for the juggler. I respect that. Yeah, well, I I'm, I just I know <laughs> that you if, if you're a kind of guy that's going to say I'm boycotting this, you're not going to be like oh I don't want to talk about it. You got a reason why. Right, right, right. I, I yeah, have to yeah, tell I you though, one of the funniest things that, that's ever been said on the show though that I'll always think about is Steven Seagal punching, yeah. <laughs> punching you in the chest with his fat face and his ponytail, and you just being like, what the hell just happened? That had to be fantastic. Oh, my God. It, 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 when you look back at it, it's pretty hilarious, but, yeah, dude, it was, that was not cool. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I can laugh at it in retrospect, but at the time, I, it was like he was supposed to die on a, in an airplane, and I and I showed up extra early the day he was supposed to die because I just wanted to see him, even if it was a fake death. <laughs> what else are you working on besides the book? He wouldn't come out of the trailer. He wouldn't come out Why? of the trailer. He didn't want to die. <laughs> it was a fake death, and he, he said he wanted to die holding both planes together. Not even Superman would try that. <laughs> He's out of his mind. What, what do you got? What are you working on now besides the book? You got any movies or anything you're doing? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing the series Bloodline uh, that oh, yeah. shoots down in uh, Florida with yep. uh, Kyle Chandler, who's fantastic. And uh, I'm doing uh, my next one-man show at West Palm Beach December 5th and 6th. Oh, wow. All right, good. Good for you. Man, another another one-man show. You got a lot of material in there, buddy. Yo, I got I got yeah a lot of I got a dark a dark dark side like like you were saying before. <laughs> yeah, you and Bogosian and uh, but don't don't <laughs> no. end up floating in the Hudson. I'll be very disappointed if they find you. <laughs> no, 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 man. I I take care of my business. Uh, hey, look, the book is called the graphic novel is called Ghetto Clown. John Languizamo. It's great to have you on the show, man. I appreciate you getting up early and talking Mike. to us. Yeah, good talking to you, bro. Take it easy, buddy. There hey, you go. Hi. Great John Leguizamo. I love that guy. Steve and Julie Weintraub here for the Golden Diamond Source. If you're thinking about getting engaged, Golden Diamond Source is your one-stop destination. Shop, compare, and save at the Golden Diamond Source. 3800 Olmerton Road. Or online at goldendiamondsource.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.